Let's move from reviews now uh, back into uh, a little bit of the news realm. And I'm very excited to talk Oscars because, uh, as folks know, we are often paying attention to uh, what's new and hot in the Oscar race. Uh, And you've been making an effort in 2018 (laughs) to see everything that might get nominated. (laughs) So uh, a lot to talk uh, about here. Spent dozens of hours of my life seeing these movies. And it turns out I wasted a lot of time seeing a lot of these movies. (laughs) It was surprising, and we were talking before the show, how much, uh, I guess, popular movies, for lack of a better word, how much not obscure movies, how many how many movies people have actually seen that are mm-hmm. getting nominated here. And, and it's that's why you made the comment of, you know, you saw a lot of movies for no reason, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ones that we thought were going to be Oscar movies that didn't end up. And so it's an interesting list this year. I think it's an, it's an exciting one, and it's going to be one to speculate on and keep an eye on uh, up until uh, February 24th, I believe when we finally do have the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just, let's just walk through the categories here. I'll start at the bottom and work to the top. We'll just highlight here in the, in the different categories, you know uh, what we're excited about, what we thought might've been a snub and, uh, and what maybe some of our favorites are. So n- we're not going to pick what we think will win yet. We're going to save that for closer to the Oscars. Um, but if, if we have a favorite in here that would maybe get our vote, uh, mention that as well. So um, I'm going to run through all the categories, but we'll, we'll only stop on the major ones. So um, makeup and hairstyling had uh, Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Um, I really like Vice here because of what they were able to do with, with Bale, making him look like Cheney. And if you've seen a side-by-side yeah. side of Bale and Cheney, um, it, it's really well done. Um, I didn't That'll see Mary cool. Queen of Scots or Borders though, and I, but I do understand that that uh, Queen of Scots had some crazy hair, <laughs> crazy hair and good makeup too. With uh, with because um, they made Margot Robbie look ugly, so that was pretty impressive. Um, but uh, Borders is another one too because that was the that was the one that was the foreign film with. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna say anything, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that had some good makeup and I didn't see that one, but I saw a lot of tra- I saw that trailer like 300 times because I again spent so much time watching these movies that didn't really pay off. So, um <laughs> I I think I would oh, that's hard. I think I would go with Vice. Um as as my favorite ones just because of Cheney and and even like Carell had a lot of work uh makeup work and that's true too. Uh, Rock Rockwell did too, so yeah, I would probably go with Vice in that one. Yeah, they did a lot of aging and and different parts of their lives in vice. So there was a lot to do there. And of course I love vice. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that any, any, uh, any opportunity for vice to get an Oscar is good with me. Um, editing is next. So we had uh, black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, green book, the favorite and vice. And, you know, for me, this is an easy one. Um, because vice relied so heavily on its editing that, you know, with if at any point they edit something incorrectly, it seriously fucks with that movie because they're constantly doing cutaways and voiceover and all of that stuff. And I think they pieced this together really well and kept the pace up. And that's why I liked it. Um, Black Klansman is another one that I think was really well edited because they're bouncing around from different things and have some cut-ins and a la Spike Lee. Those are a couple of my favorites. I would probably lean Vice if I was picking my favorite because, I, again, I love that movie more than most. But uh, Green Book, The Favorite, and Bohemian Rhapsody in here too. Are, are, are any of those... Um, higher up on your list 
Uh, I mean, not really. I don't really have a favorite in editing. <laughs> That's kind of a hard one to, yeah. unless you pay a lot of attention to to editing in a movie, which I don't typically do, unless mm-hmm. it's like bad. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's not one I really have a favorite in necessarily. But yeah. I mean, you make some good points of advice. So, yeah, I think uh, something we do look for though is visual effects, and <laughs> in a world where everything is CG now, this is a stacked category. We have Avengers: Infinity War. Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. And it's really hard to differentiate between any of these. Um, I think if you're looking at what looks the, what makes what makes shit look the most realistic that you know is not happening, I think First Man comes at you with the realism better than anything yeah. else in here. But that's not what we're looking for here, right? Uh, Avengers yeah. Infinity War gives you Thanos, and I think did an excellent <laughs> job of that. Yeah. Solo has a thousand aliens and shit in it and all of that, um, you know, Millennium Falcon stuff. Ready Player One is an entire world. Most of that movie takes place in CG. So this could yeah. go any number of ways for any number of reasons for me. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to pick one. Do, do you? Um, I, w- I do want to first go into maybe a couple snubs. Um, I do think like Aquaman might be a little bit of a snub. Um, I thought that... a. L- pretty much especially the underwater stuff was done really impressively and it never once distracted me especially in such an ambitious movie um i thought that i thought that was done really well and then black panther too mm-hmm. uh, i know that's that's going to come back later but i mean e- sometimes even more so than in infinity war like all of the 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 waterfall sequences and the technology in that movie they show so much more technology um, it's, it's, it's new and unique and different, uh, but it looks in a, a believable way that I was kind of surprised that didn't get nominated, but, um, I, I would personally pick infinity war in this one, uh, just because like you think about it, you look back and, and you watched basically a CGI Barney <laughs> for, <laughs> for two and a half hours, but you never once were like, that's a computer, mm-hmm. you know, you're like that, that, that is a full fledged like real character in Thanos and it worked. He was, he was the protagonist of that movie. Mm-hmm. He was the star of that movie and he was in that movie for almost the entire time. And you never once thought that's a computer character. That's pretty impressive. You know, <laughs> um, I know first man has all the practical effects, but that movie doesn't really rely on them. There's some really incredible shots mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, you know that when the, when he's on the when he's on the moon and all that stuff, but Infinity War relies on the on the CGI the entire time because your protagonist is entirely CGI entirely a CGI character, and you never once think about it. Um, I, I think I would have to go with Infinity War there. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out with this one. Um, again, you're talking about a lot of different things, but I your your Thanos logic does track for me, and and I was super impressed with what they're you're able when you're able to emotionally connect with him in a couple of his scenes. Knowing he yeah. doesn't exist, that's really impressive. <laughs> right. And we talked about this with Caesar uh, in Planet of the Apes in years uh. past, uh, which is still a, just a, a, a triumph of filmmaking, is making me care about Caesar. Uh, and how they never won an Oscar is still fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's a crime. Um, but visual effects is, is, is becoming more and more important. So this is a, becoming a bigger and bigger Oscar. So we'll be excited to see kind of how that goes. Uh, original score is something that I guess I've paid more attention to in the last couple of years, the scores of these movies. We just talked about this, the glass score and how that added to the movie. Um, so here, 
not to further a stereotype, but it seems like black people are good at music. Um, we have Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, and then Isle of Dogs and Mary Poppins Returns, all for original score. Uh, I know Black Panther's score is very highly regarded, and I think it did a lot to set the tone of that movie. Um, the way they mixed modern hip-hop with sort of African tribal music in different parts and yeah. and what each of those different sounds represented between Killmonger and, and T'Challa, I thought was really interesting. I think Black Klansman does a lot more with with contemporary music and a- applying it to the his- history. You know, so you have music that doesn't belong in the era, but it, it, it does get across what they want, which is really interesting. Um, Isle of Dogs, I think, had a really creative and different mm-hmm. uh, sort of score. It was a little wacky, and it's the only Wes Anderson I've seen, so... Um, I don't know how it they, compares to his other stuff. I haven't seen that since I think April when it came out. So almost a year, but don't they, they kind of incorporate a little bit of Japanese music in there. Don't they? Yeah, they do. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Mine would be actually Beale street. Um, because when I think back about that movie and I think back about the music for me, I can hear some of that still in my head when I think mm-hmm. about that movie. And for me that like when a score amplifies a movie like i can't remember a single piece of music from like black Klansman. i can remember black panther because it's just very tribal and stuff like that mm-hmm. but the the beale street is very like romantic music and in the scenes where they want you to be happy and feel for the characters they do like some of that romantic and like mystical almost but then like when there's when there's bad or sad stuff happening they they do kind of bring it down so if you're going overall original score, and especially even if you watch that trailer, that trailer has a lot of that score in it. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard it in the trailer and then heard it in the movie, it really connected. Um, I, I feel like that. I feel like for me, Beale Street would be the my favorite. Are there any you would add here? I have a couple. Original. I would I add. Re- I would if add. It's not First just Man songs, but no. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think There's First Man's score was incredible, and and it it played into the whole claustrophobic sort of anxiety feel of that movie. And then the other one I would add is Mission Impossible. And that's going to be a common theme as we go forward. Um, but Mission Impossible did a lot with score. Um, Best actor, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. <laughs> Best film. A lot of a lot of the score does rely on the, the theme and how great that that is. But I think that they, they do a lot in here. Um, matching like music with the action and timing it out well. I think um, I think the score does add to this in a major way. And not not to discount any of the ones that are here. I think this is a good five, but those are a couple that I would think about, including First Man and Mission Impossible. So we're going to um, skip over actually, the shorts because I'm excited. Oh, you got Actually, one, one for, for best score, um, fucking Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is, oh my, you know, I've I've gone back and listened to that score. Now, like yeah. the soundtrack is a different thing. I've listened to that a bunch of times, but I've gone back and listened yeah. to the score and it is awesome. You're totally right. So good. Um, not only just score, like score and music in general, I honestly thought Vox Lux got snubbed from a bunch of it. I again I know it's a that that is an extremely divisive divisive movie, but the fucking song uh, wrapped up, which I couldn't think of when I did the review, is such a good song. Um all of the music on that movie was written by Sia. Um so it has a legitimate fucking someone who's won Grammys and stuff on the on the on the on the uh the score and all that, but the like the score in that movie is in, insane. Um, even even just when it's just like the the instrumental stuff that's going through different scenes uh, adds so much to that movie and and I think just because of the subject matter and all that happened with it uh, people people were were hesitant to vote for it 
Um, the Oscars this year are very interesting in terms of voting, but uh, I, I'm, I'm really pissed about... Honestly, I like that wrapped-up song more than more than Shallow, and I love Shallow, so... Ooh. Uh, let's roll forward. Uh, we didn't see any of the shorts, so we're going to skip over the shorts, but I am hoping to get in a few of those sound editing and mixing. I, I don't know a whole lot about these, um, but sound editing does include a quiet place, uh, which yeah. I think has to be your has to be your front runner. I mean, what they were able to do with sound and the lack thereof really made that movie. Uh, but you also have black yeah. Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, of course, with the music and, and having to lip sync in with Freddie, um, Freddie Mercury slash Rami Malek in there. Uh, First Man did have great sound, I think, too. Uh, and then Roma, which I haven't seen. So this is a good category, but it doesn't it seem like A Quiet Place kind of has this, or, you know, has to at least look like a favorite for most? It might be my favorite just because of what it did, but I don't know. Because, I mean, you have, not only do you have that, but you have these musical movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to, I have this weird feeling kind of with what happened with the Golden Globes, but Bohemian Rhapsody might surprise some people again mm-hmm. I, I don't know why i just have this weird feeling that it's gonna because it's a feel uh, i feel like because of all the stuff that happened with the golden globes and like all of the the nominees with this year being more popular stuff there might be a little bit of, sh- of a shift with the voters and i feel like some of these feel good stuff are gonna kind of kind of come into play here and maybe bohemian rhapsody takes it it very well might um same nominees for sound mixing, except for A Star is Born is also... Inc- and I don't even know what sound mixing is, so let's skip that. Um, okay. But the sound editing is um, a big part of those movies that we listed. All right, next is costume design. And this is an interesting one again. We have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, something I know you haven't seen but is on your list. I'm um, excited for you to watch that. Uh, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. Um, for me, my oof. favorite here is Black Panther, and I'll tell you why. Um, all of these other ones, for the for the most part are, are recreating costumes that have existed like from a time past or an area past black Panther. This is all original costuming. And sure. I thought the way that they dressed the citizens of Wakanda was, was fucking awesome. And, uh, even, even like, uh, even Killmonger when he's outside of Wakanda uh, dresses awesome. And I just thought all of it was super immersive and brought you into that world. And, and it does something different where all of these other ones are creating something you've seen before. This one, I mean, I agree with that. That that's all valid. Um, I think with with me, from what I've seen, I, again, the only one I haven't seen is Buster Scruggs. For me, with with the ones that I've seen, I would actually go with Mary Poppins. And I know you mentioned it's recreating all this stuff, but they do take you back to a world of like what probably the forties or fifties or whatever it's supposed to be in. But they also do some really interesting things with the animation in this movie because a good portion of this movie is um, hand-drawn animation, but they incorporate that with the costumes. So the like Mary Poppins is wearing something that looks hand-drawn but is actually on her body, stuff like that. Oh, that is cool. So it's very interesting the way they do that. I think it would be very difficult, and I think the Academy, there's not a lot of places where this movie is going to get recognized this year, and I feel like that might be where it gets recognized because they do take um, animation and apply it to the costuming. That that could be something they're like, oh, that's really unique and different, and hard to do. Let's recognize that. So that and that's why it's my, my why why it's my favorite because it's it probably is the hardest thing to do out of out of all the, all out of all the the nominees. So I can dig that level of difficulty certainly high. Speaking of, let's move into cinematography. We have Cold War, the favorite. Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star is Born. 
Now, I've only seen A Star is Born here, and I was very impressed with the cinematography in this. It was one of the, I didn't like this movie as much as you did, but one of the things I highlighted when we reviewed it was that uh, what they did with the camera here was very impressive. Um, is Star is Born your favorite out of these, or uh, what, uh, well, I guess I've seen The Favorite, too, and I know you spoke highly of the camera work there. Uh, I think I would go with Roma, actually, out of, out of all these. If, <laughs> it, I know there was a 20-minute parking scene, but uh, it was <laughs> shot beautifully. <laughs> so, um, but no, there, there's a lot, like, Roma, if anything, is a visual movie, and there's there's a lot of things that are shot in particular ways that um, add to the movie. Now, I haven't seen A Cold War or, what was the other one? Never Look Away. Never Look Away. I don't want to, I keep wanting to, like, say different things. I, I, I wanted to say No More Heroes there, which is a video game. <laughs> I wanted to say but, No Trace. <laughs> But those are both foreign movies that I haven't seen yet. But Roma, I think just like, again, also too, it's black and white. And that is going to be something that I know it's it's looked at as an arty thing. And so, I and honestly, seeing that movie on Netflix with HDR, 4K, it was a beautiful movie to watch. So I think I would go with Roma. I have a couple snubs here. Again, Mission Impossible. Like this is where this is where it should have fucking been nominated. No, should, should you say no nominations should, for Mission Impossible is bullshit, and it definitely should, should have been nominated for cinematography. You should just say I have a few Mission Impossibles here. <laughs> it's gonna. It is a. Tr- it is a crime that is not nominated. Um, another one that I really enjoyed the the camera work on was First Man. Uh, and I think both both of those could have been nominated. Now, I haven't seen all these movies. Of course, I've only seen Star Wars Born. But I thought both of those really impressed me with the camera. Uh, I also very recently yeah. saw Isle of Dogs. And I, I really like the way Anderson balances his shots. I know that's his thing. Um, yeah. So I think that could have been another one. Uh, but cinematography now, everyone is trying to do someone create something creative. And so um, it tends to be deep. Um, but well, those are, especially Mission Impossible. Come on, man. I know Cold War is also a black and white film too. Um, I, I mean, I think if you're just a black and white film, it's going to be an automatic cinematography nomination, unfortunately. But I think the thing that that's cool with cinema, with black and white films with the cinematography is that um, because of the way that different colors look in the black and white, they're able to manipulate it a little more, mm-hmm. which gives it a more arty feel. So I know they do that in Roma. They do that. They do that. Uh, I'm assuming they do that in Cold War. So. Um, I feel like that might give those two an edge uh, over the other ones. Yeah. And you've got to catch light a lot differently in cinematography or in uh, black and white, too. So I can yep. see why the level of difficulty is a little higher. All right. Let's start moving into the big daddies here. Uh, directors. And this is interesting. We've got Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Uh, Pavel Pavlikoski for Cold War. I think I might be getting that right. Spivel Swavlovu. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. Now, me personally, I really like uh, Adam McKay and Spike Lee. Uh, again, Spike Lee was in my top five directors ever, and Adam McKay, I think, would be a, maybe for me an honorable mention here as well, but he's only it's based on two movies because uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the comedy work he was doing. But um, those are my two favorites. I, I think, Seth, I might know where you're going with this, and I think I definitely know where the Academy is going to go with this. Yeah, that's going to be uh, <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron with uh, Roma. Um, that movie is specifically, like, I know there's the, I know the, the main actress got nominated. Um, that movie is Alfonso Cuaron, and that's it. Like, he conceived that movie, he created that movie, he made that movie, he 
that's his movie. And if he doesn't win directing for this, then it's not going to win a single award because his directing in this movie is what made this movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, my favorite would go with, because if you put any other director in here, it doesn't work like that. This is his child. This is his brainchild. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I think that's going to go to Coron and I, I don't think it's going to be close. We have, uh, no Damien Chazelle for first man. I was a little disappointed in that, but not surprised. Uh, another noticeably absent person here is Bradley Cooper for a star is born. Are you, yeah, that you, was does a this snub. count as a snub for you? That's a hundred percent a snub. Um, I, I mean, I know people are not as high on a star is born and that's kind of fallen out of the, uh, lock for best picture type of thing. But he, what he did in that movie, like the directing in that movie was insane, especially for a first time director. Um, I, I feel like this is gonna, this is gonna motivate him to, to do better work, to even, to do even better work. I know he was given a project by Steven Spielberg recently. He, he is too good to, to not be nominated here. And I, I feel like this is a, a pretty, not the biggest snub, but a pretty big one. Well, uh, the biggest snub for me is Christopher McQuarrie for Mission Impossible. <laughs> you could do, you could do another five. And have a legit next five. You could have Coogler for Black Panther. You could yep. have Damien Chazelle, Bradley Cooper, Christopher McQuarrie, and fucking pick a fifth. I don't even know. But there are a lot of great, great directing jobs done this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always a shame that they have to pick just five. But I think Bradley Cooper is the one that most commonly is going to be referred to as a snub. Let's talk acting. We have actresses in a leading role here. So lead actresses, Yalitza Aparicio, which I'm, is for Roma. Uh, Glenn Close for The Wife, we've talked about at length. Lady Gaga for Stars Born also. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, she won the Golden Globe. And then Melissa McCarthy, you called this shot a long, long time ago uh, <laughs> for Can You Ever Forgive Me. I, I guess out of the ones I've seen here, I, I really enjoyed Lady Gaga on A Star is Born, but I don't think the level of difficulty was super high there. Uh, I did yeah. also really enjoy uh, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. I liked that golden globes win but you've spoken highly about glenn close for the for the wife is she your performance Mm -hmm. uh your favorite performance here absolutely yeah she she is incredible in that movie um she i've talked about it before but she carries that movie and she makes that movie uh, not only watchable but very intriguing and uh engrossing now i'll give some credit too to because like if you look at that category um i would put lady gaga fourth honestly Olivia Coleman is fine, but I'd put her, I'd probably put her fifth. I'd put Lady Gaga fourth. I'd put the Roma girl. I can't pronounce her name. So that's why I'm calling her that third. I'd put McCarthy second and then Glenn Close first. So you really did Um, like Melissa McCarthy in that one. She was really good. Yeah. Like again, if, 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 uh, Glenn Close didn't do such a good job in the wife, I'd put Melissa McCarthy as the front runner here. Um, she, Melissa McCarthy completely carries that movie. Um, and the way she, she disappears into Lee Israel in that movie, but what Glenn Close does with the wife, it's that movie is is something that I still think about. Like that that movie is a movie that kind of hovered around my top fifteen or twenty for the year just because of her performance. And it's not only is is, is it like an amazing performance, but it's something that she deserves. I think she deserves this award just because of her entirety of her career. Um, she puts, she puts so much into that performance. Uh, I think that she deserves it. I, I really hope she wins it because that movie is one that was overlooked by a lot of people. And, uh, it, it was very, very interesting. Um, and yeah, overall, I just think she deserves it the most out of all those people. 
you very well might agree with the Academy uh, when the time comes. Let's look at actors in a leading role. This is a stacked category, uh, as it is wont to be. Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. And I think, Seth, that this one is wide open. Um, if you're asking me for my personal favorite, I think I would go with Christian Bale here. Um, I, I really dug him, and he, again, disappears into the role uh, of Dick Cheney. And he's doing a lot of, of variation here um, in age, in his size, um, in a couple scenes, I'm thinking specifically the Shakespeare scene, he's asked to get a little, <laughs> a little weird at a couple of times. Um, and so I, I really loved him. And of course, I'm higher on Vice uh, than most everybody else. But, but again, I'm not going to be surprised, regardless of who the winner is here, because um, I think they're all deserving of it. But uh, do you have a favorite? And, do you th- and also, do you think that they got everyone? Because was, it was a good year for actors. Um, are there any that stuck out to you that didn't get nominated here? There wasn't really any snubs for me, honestly. Um, uh, that this is hard because I liked all of these performances a lot for different reasons. Like Willem Dafoe played Willem Dafoe had the most difficult performance. Um, auto, auto, I, I know almost no one saw that movie, <laughs> so uh, it's hard for anyone to to understand. But that his performance in that movie was so fucking difficult. Um, he was in every single shot of that movie, and he had to do so much weird, crazy, out there shit, but also play a very reserved and calculated and smart character um, in in Vincent Van Gogh. It was it was really interesting to watch. That that I think I talked about in the review. That movie for me was carried and completely. The only reason I went and saw that movie and was enjoyed that movie is because of his performance. Um, if I were to give it based off acting skill this year, it'd go to Willem Dafoe, 100%. But when I look back at an, and all these these movies that I saw, the one that sticks with me the most is is Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine. Again, I remember his name, Jackson Maine. <laughs> um, I saw that movie once, and that movie and his performance specifically stuck with me for so long, and still does, and... Uh, I think I think he's the reason that movie works. Honestly, like Lady Gaga is 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 great in that movie, but Bradley Cooper is outstanding in that movie. And and I, I think I talked about it with the review. Jack uh, uh, Bradley Cooper has entered that category category for me with like uh, Brian Cranston, where whatever he does, he is that fucking character like mm-hmm. instantly. And I appreciate that so much. But then you also have Viggo Mortensen who. Is Tony the Lip? He's he. I don't. I haven't seen Viggo Mortensen in much stuff, but um, his character is so endearing, and he just does. He does such a good job in 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 working with Marisha Hawley in that movie. It, you know, it's, it's great to watch. And then you also have fucking Christian Bale, who uh, completely is Dick Cheney, like a hundred percent, like just like how last year Gary Oldman was was uh, Churchill. Walking, Churchill, Winston, Winston Churchill. Christian Bale did that this year with Dick Cheney. Oh, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. Who is the other the other one? Uh, um, just Rami Malek. Rami Malek, duh. Uh, Rami Malek, who's one of my favorite actors out there, and he again was the only reason to really see that movie. <laughs> um, he was so great in that movie. Like you said, it's an extremely hard category to pick. I don't think it's as wide open in terms of Oscar voting as you might think. I think that's I think it's pretty closed down to one or two people. My favorite. I would have to, 
I, I think I have to go back to in terms of an emotional impact is probably Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. as Jackson Maine. But who I think did the best job is probably Christian Bale. It depends, right? A lot of this depends on what do you want out of your actor? Because these are such varied mm. performances, right? And it's really hard yeah. to compare one to the other. Because um, you could talk about at length about even even if you just looked at Rami Malek and his his way of taking on the the isms of Freddie Mercury and how he walks around and 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 talks and things like mm-hmm. he 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 really does become him in that. And and all of these guys do that to varying degrees. Um, but then they're all they're asked to do different things. And yeah. I think that's what makes it such an interesting category. So that one is one that we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on. And and, and I completely left Rami Malek out, but his, I mean, his performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you look at him, like he even did, I, I watched an interview with him for three, four years now. He's played a character who has worn one outfit and had one emotion the entire time. <laughs> and then he goes and plays the most flamboyant character in the history of the world <laughs> in <laughs> Freddie Mercury and wears all these outfits and sings and is crazy. Like his range as an actor is incredible. I don't think this is the last time we'll see him as a best actor can- candidate in a movie. Um, he, he is, he's an incredible actor. I just don't think this is quite his year because he's put up against some really, really tough uh, people in this category. Now, again, I don't know though. Cause like, as I mentioned, Bohemian, I feel like there's something with Bohemian Rhapsody this year that could quite give it the the push. But if I'm going with, with my heart and my in my head here, I think my heart says Bradley Cooper and my head says Christian Bale. So I don't know. I love it. I love it. Let's go to screenplay and the writing. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot of great ones here. Uh, I know you love First Reformed. We also have yeah. Green, Green Book, Roma, The Favorite, and Vice. And when, for me, when we reviewed Vice, um, we talked about how interesting it is to have to include in your script, or maybe they didn't, um, the cutaways and things like that, and how tough that must have been to, to kind of pull together. Uh, so I think that one is really interesting. The, the dialogue between the two mains in, in Green Book is something that is fantastic, and it obviously drives that entire movie. Uh, the favorite has a lot of the same, uh, if you're talking dialogue. Um, but I know that one that you're going to want to talk about is First Reformed. Yeah, I I am very happy that this got recognized in one way or another uh, this year. Um, I wish it could have been nominated for at least Best Actor at Ethan, Ethan Hawke, but definitely happy it got recognized. And I know this one, so as I think I mentioned when I, when I did the review for it, uh, this was written by the same guy who did Taxi Driver. Um, so he has ties with Martin Scorsese. This would have been a very difficult movie to write. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, um, very it is very dialogue heavy, but it is also has some interesting concepts and things like that into it too. So it won a bunch of awards through some different like screenwriting and producers guilds and things like that. I still think though my favorite, and I've read some of parts of a lot of these. I think my favorite is still probably Green Book out of, out of all of them. I think that that one especially. Um, is again very dialogue driven and heavy to build a relationship like um, Tony the Lip and, and Dr. Shirley have in this movie starts with the script mm-hmm. and that that that's that's what shines through in the movie is what I loved about it and what, and what what it made my favorite movie of the year so what made my favorite movie of the year so I, I for me, I, I would have to still go with Green Book. It won the Golden Globe as well, but I, I have to go with Green Book. I didn't know this was an original. I thought it was an adapted screenplay, so that makes it even more impressive. So, 
Yeah, this is an interesting one, and I love all of these. I wonder, I wonder if this is a good place to bring up eighth grade because it is noticeably yeah. absent from you know no no nominations for eighth grade, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know maybe original screenplay is a place where it might have found itself a nomination. Uh, no Bo Burnham in directing mm-hmm. either, even though I thought it was an impressive. Uh, directorial debut. Um, what are your thoughts on on eighth grade not getting a nomination? Do you think it should have been in in screenplay or directing or maybe somewhere else? I can't necessarily say it's a snub because it's not an Oscar Academy Award movie. Did I love it? Absolutely. That's one script I've actually read from top to bottom, and it's very simple. It's very it's it's definitely a first time script. Not knocking Bo Burnham in any way, because I've compared it to other other scripts and. It's, uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's simple. It's, it's his first script. It's, uh, it's a movie about a kid in in eighth grade. And is it done really well? Absolutely. Does it have the heart to it? Absolutely. But it's just not quite, uh, the, the Academy script, like a, like a first reformed is, or a green book is, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, like those are. So I'm not surprised it didn't get nominated. Do I, did I want it to 100%, but I'm not surprised it's not. I'm in agreement with you on there. Let's look at the adapted screenplays. So we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I didn't know was an, ad, was an adapted one. Um, so that's news to me. Then you have Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star is Born. This is an interesting one. Um, we've got a couple of biographies, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me. Um, you've got a remake, uh, Star is Born. You've got uh, Based Off a Book. If Beale Street Could Talk, and I'm assuming Ballad of Buster Scruggs is based off a book as well. So a lot of variation here. What, what do you like here? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, too. Yeah, I haven't seen... The only one I haven't seen is Buster Scruggs. I feel like out of that category, I, I, I would go star... Like, I would go with the movie I like the most, which is A Star is Born. I, I, that one's a hard one because adapted screenplay is, is just an interesting thing I, I don't i don't know how they vote off of it but I, I yeah i feel like for me i would go with the stars born just because i i enjoyed that movie the most out of all those yeah for me i i would i pick black klansman here um again it's just i think it's just my favorite movie out of this group but i would say we'll revisit this obviously later on but i think you're gonna like uh, the ballad of buster scruggs so i'd be interested to see what you thought of the script because it, it, it is telling multiple short stories and i think that that's interesting so Although yeah that's, I, a, that's a cool you, category all good movies you mentioned uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" That one, uh, that one, I've read a decent amount of too. That one, that one's definitely based off a book and very close to it. I don't know if I hundred percent see that winning, but that one's a very uh, dialogue-heavy film, and uh, there's a lot. That, that script is very wordy, <laughs> so yep. um, maybe that maybe that that gets recognized. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I think I still got to go with my favorite as as a Star Is Born. So our next two categories, I think we'll go through very quickly. Uh, the next one is anima- animated feature film. And uh, participation trophies will go to Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, <laughs> and Ralph Breaks the Internet. But I, I think that you and I and the Academy are all going to agree on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse here. Yeah, that movie is, is so fucking good. I want to see so that. I, have very, I haven't done it yet, but I have very nearly just been like, I'm going to go see it again. Uh, but I, I know to. when it does come out, I will be getting it and watching it a lot. It's just it, mm-hmm. stylistically what they do with the animation itself is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then as a movie itself, it is inc- like it's both things. The sound, the the voice acting, the plot is awesome. The visuals of it is awesome. It is it's a movie that 
was flirting with a best picture nomination, didn't get nominated, but I wouldn't have, mm-hmm. I would have been on board for that um, yep. because this is a complete movie and I don't, I don't think it's close here and I don't think anyone is, is letting through any illusions that it is close. You know, I can't wait to, to, to see this win and, and see fucking, you know, what's great is like Phil Lord and Chris Miller who famously were kicked off of uh solo Mm-hmm. Are going to win an Oscar this year because of the shit they did on this on this movie. Yeah. They're they're gonna go up there and lay their dick on the fucking stage in front of Disney and be like, "Look what we did." <laughs> so, <laughs> I hope they don't literally do that, but I will be excited for them to get a win. Plus, they made Last Man on Earth, which is still I'm pissed about being canceled. So, <laughs> let's look at original songs. Uh, I think this will be equally quick. Uh, All the stars from Black Panther, I'll Fight from RBG, Shallow from A Star Is Born. The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is where I'll start, actually. That song is its just, in the context of that movie, is it's very its very funny that this is nominated to me. And I don't know what another... Actually, I do. Um, one kind of snub for me here is Sunflower from Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. The Post Malone song. It's become a big hit now. And I, I listened. I, it's my alarm clock in the morning. It's an awesome alarm. And I was a little, I just, I, I wish that that had been nominated. And I was a little bit surprised to see the Buster Scruggs song in here because it's, it's not a song that's taken very seriously at all. And you'll see what I mean when you watch it. But uh, I think that clearly this is shallow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's shallow. I mean, it was on the radio for. Still, still is. On the radio I hear it for... every day at work because they put the radio uh, on. So yeah, that, that's that's my pick. Um, and out of the songs here, that's what I that's what I want to win. But I mentioned earlier, "Wrapped Up" by Natalie Portman from um, Encia from uh, Vox Lux. That song is is as much as shallow means to Starsborn. "Wrapped Up" means even more to that movie, um, which again probably was why it's not nominated. But uh, that song, I, I've listened to it like fifty times since I've seen that movie. Um, which has only been like a week and a half, and it's it's a heavy song, and uh, it it means a lot to to that whole thing. So I, I'm kind of I'm, it makes me mad because I know that movie was again very divisive, and and I know why they didn't nominate anything from it, but I still feel like that should have had some sort of recognition. So mm-hmm. uh, all the stars, another huge hit in the first half of the year. I thought it was a strange fit to Black Panther, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Deserving of a nomination, at least. But I think that, again, participation awards for the other four. Shallow is going to take this one. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about documentary features because I know you're going to get revved up about a couple of snubs here. We have the nominees Free Solo, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. And I know there's two that you wish you had seen in here. Not just wish, but everyone wishes they had seen in here or thought they would see in here, which is Won't You Be My Neighbor and uh, Three Identical Strangers, which are not only the two most talked about documentaries of this year, but probably the two most talked about documentaries since An Inconvenient Truth in 2002. (laughs) Like these ones, like Won't, Won't You Be My Neighbor especially was one of the only documentaries released widely in theaters that I've seen in Ever, honestly, like probably since An Inconvenient Truth. I saw it in multiple theaters uh, playing for weeks at a time. It was 100% Rotten Tomatoes for ever. It was everybody's, it was Jared's favorite movie of the year. Like this, Won't You Be My Neighbor is universally loved, universally shown as, as a great movie. And you can't say it wasn't nominated because of like, 
it's focused on one person. The fucking movie, one of them nominated, is called RBG. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a great person, and I haven't seen that movie, but Won't You Be My Neighbor tells a message. <clears throat> Not crying. I got my th- something in my throat. <laughs> uh, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor tells a message that is uni- can universally be accepted and, and felt even if you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, you know, and you're going to know who he is no matter what. But like the fact that this wasn't nominated is absolutely fucking mind boggling. Honestly, um, same thing with like three, three, three identical strangers, that movie, not quite as universally known or anything like that, but it's a lot of people are talking about it and it tells a super interesting story. And in a way, almost like an American animals does, but without like the dramatic scenes mm-hmm. in it, um, it unravels in such a super interesting way and tells a completely unique story you haven't seen before. And again, that's another one. A lot of people talked about a lot of these movies on this list, other than probably RGB or RBG are, are like mainstream documentaries. And I don't care how artsy fartsy you want to be in the, in the Academy documentaries are a little bit different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, these those those movies not being even nominated is completely insane to me. I, I don't get it. The documentary thing is kind of a joke this year at this point. So uh, I'm very fresh off of Three Identical Strangers. I watched it over the weekend, and it enjoyed it a lot. Really, really dug it. The story that they tell and the way they let it unfold is very interesting. I thought it was super well made, and I don't watch enough documentaries to really you know I don't know whether or not it's a snub, but I do know it was wildly popular and really well received. Um, so even though it is not a, a nominee, I would highly recommend three identical strangers. And I know that you, and especially Jared would do the same for how I'm, or, uh, won't you be my neighbor? Um, but I've heard a lot, I've heard good things about free solo and minding the gap specifically. I've heard, um, I have not, I, I know RBG is available, I think on prime right now to watch uh, a couple of these are, so who knows, maybe these are all good. I don't know, but what I do know is that Three Identical Strangers is dope and everybody loves Won't You Be My Neighbor. So it's surprising to not see those two. Uh, I'll pause briefly just to mention uh, Roma's going to win foreign film. And then we have supporting actors and actresses. So let's start with the guys. Uh, Mahershala Ali in Green Book. Adam Driver in Black Klansman. Sam Elliott in A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell in Vice. I really don't like this category very much. Um... I don't, someone is going to need to explain Sam Elliott to me. I don't know what makes Sam Elliott good. (laughs) I just don't. He just reads things and his voice is cool. He's watch anything you've ever seen him in. And it's all the same. You could take a fucking sound clip of him from the ranch and you could probably drop it somewhere in a star is born and not notice a difference. I really enjoyed Sam Rockwell, but he's barely in that movie. Mahershala Ali is fantastic in Green Book, and Adam Driver is incredible in Black Klansman. I love those two, and I haven't seen I haven't seen Richard Grant. Adam Driver is probably my favorite here because I think he 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 does a lot in that movie. I think you could consider him almost the lead, um, but I think he obviously is a very strong supporting character. Um, but yeah, Mahershala Ali and Adam Driver here are to me the only ones that I like as nominee as nominees. Uh, but maybe you liked more uh, Richard E. Grant more than I did. I don't know, or more than more than some of these others. Yeah, I think if you saw that movie, you would actually put Richard E. Grant in that category. I think it's going to be t- between those three. I don't know who I'd pick, to be completely honest. But my favorite out of those three would actually probably be Richard E. Grant. Um, his dynamic with with Miss McCarthy is 
really the 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 focal point of that movie and uh while she carries that movie he at like a sporting actor would adds uh, a lot in terms of the emotional aspects of the movie also the comedic parts of that movie too he's really funny um and he drives a, a decent part of the plot towards the end too so obviously all three of those do that that, that one's hard because like they all three have really pivotal scenes in their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite, because it's such, because with Kenny Ever Forgive Me, it's, it's that movie is such a character driven movie as opposed to like a plot driven movie. Um, I think I would probably go with Richard E. Grant for my favorite out of that one. I can dig it. That's maybe a movie I'm going to need to see. I got a lot of love here. I was disappointed to not see Michael B. Jordan here as Killmonger. I think he would have been a really cool nominee, probably the only the only potential acting nominee for Black Panther, uh, and I really dug him in that. And so I was a little bummed to not see him. Uh, anybody else you think might be missing here? Well, if you're talking about Michael B. Jordan movies, um, Sylvester Stallone. I shouldn't have opened <laughs> as, that door. Or or Mile of Intimidation in the last five minutes of Rocky <laughs> or Creed Two. No, um, there's not really any other supporting that I can think of. The names in there are really impressive, but the performances in there weren't like we go to the supporting actress. I can name one right now that I'm like, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. So like it, it, there's not really and it's not like with best actor where it's like that performance is amazing. That performance is amazing. That performance is amazing. This is just like there was good. That was good. You know, so it, that that one's a hard one to a pick, but B say someone else should have been throwing in there unless you want to say like fucking ving rames from mission impossible or something hey i have i have some restraint <laughs> uh Mahershala ali won it last year we'll see or was that two years ago well that would have been yeah it was two years ago was um, it lead sam, sam rockwell won it last year no Mahershala won for supporting two years ago for what moonlight wasn't he leading that no he was the dad oh yeah you're right yep um Okay, so you mentioned the actresses. Let's move on to them. Supporting, we have Amy Adams in Vice, Marina de Tavita in Roma, Regina King, who got the Golden Globe for If Beale Street Could Talk, and then Emma Stone and Rachel Vice for The Favorite. You mentioned here you think you know who's taking it. Uh, who, who's your pick here? That's Regina King. Uh, Regina yeah. King's going to win that one. Out of all the, the characters and, and the actors and actresses in that movie, she she pops off the screen. She... She has a she has a really uh, heavy and strong a couple scenes in that movie, and she she's kind of like the rock of that movie, honestly. And not not Dwayne Johnson, but if she you is. Smile. <laughs> she she but she she I wouldn't say she carries the movie because she's she's supporting. She's not in a, in a ton, but she when she's on the screen, she she has a presence to her, and she's very important to it. Whereas like. Obviously, like all those other actresses are important to their movie, but she she's very distinct in her role, I would say. So, yeah, I, I would go with her for sure. I can dig it. Sure do love Regina. Uh, the granddaddy of them all is the one we have remaining here. It's Best Picture. And we have eight nominees this year. Um, the interesting thing here is I've actually seen all these movies except for one, uh, which which is to say that these are all like pretty popular movies with wide releases. Usually there's at least one or two of these that you have to seek out and find behind a dumpster somewhere um, because they're so obscure. But what we have here is Black Panther, uh, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, 
A Star is Born, and Vice. And I think, I think to start here, um, I don't think any of these don't belong here. I think these are all strong films uh, that deserve to be in consideration. Um, but as I said, you know, these are all popular movies. Uh, most of them made a lot of money. And you saw some things that were a little more obscure over the course of the year that, that have been talked about over the course of the year as potential Oscar movies. Are there a couple that you think, you know, uh, could have been added to this list to round out 10 or that you think should be in um, instead of what we see here? Oh, yeah. I think definitely the the mule should have been uh, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, I think we talked a little bit before before we started recording, I think Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk, should be, should have been at least a nomination. Um, I think I, when I talked about the review, I mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't a nomination, but, which I'm not, um, but I feel like it should be. Like I said, I, I like two thirds of that movie, um, but the third of it that I didn't like didn't bring it down enough for me to be like, oh, that's not a Best Picture nomination, necessarily. Bringing up Black Panther... So, like we talked about before we recorded, like, I, I, I get why it's nominated. Um, I'm happy in a way that it's nominated because it is a superhero movie and it's mainstream. It made a billion dollars or whatever. And it's an important movie to see for sure. When I walked out of that movie, though, I, I didn't, one, think of it as not, like, at the time. I didn't think of it as my favorite. This came out in February. <laughs> I didn't think of it as, as my favorite movie. Uh, of the year at that point, I, I enjoyed my time at the movie, um, but I wasn't like it, you know, felt like it was a life changing movie or, or uh, an Academy movie. You know, I, I didn't feel like that. Um, now, maybe is the idea of an Academy movie changing? Could be. And, you know, that could be good, could be bad. But for me, I didn't feel like it was a best picture of the year. Um, again, very important, very entertaining and cool to see but not something i i would have put as a best picture nominee i would have replaced the only movie i would have, would have replaced with that would have been beale street that's pretty much it mm-hmm. um there's really not anything else that was nominated that wasn't nominated that i would have put in there i wouldn't have put vox lux in there even though i loved it <laughs> um it's definitely not a movie that would have gone over well as a best picture nominee but yeah other than that it would have been beale street that's pretty much it yeah, I can see that. There was a time I would have I would have fought harder for First Man, but that really doesn't seem to have been received as well as I did, um, you know, widely. So I won't I won't fight too much about it. But I will fight Seth for Mission Impossible Fallout. It should be <laughs> oh on this God. list. They have two fucking spots. It is it is an achievement, okay, an achievement of filmmaking. One of the best movies of our generation, probably the best action movie of all time. It deserves to be in here in Best Picture. Especially if we're nominating superhero movies now, get fucking Ethan Hunt <laughs> in the best picture because he is a superhero, and it should have been nominated. Seth, it should have had a one fucking nomination, and, and, and I don't care what nomination should have been, it, it could have been a best picture nominee. I'm telling you, that is all. I'm I'm off of my. I'm still angry though. Um, so if uh, it, would you replace Black Panther with Mission Impossible? Gladly. Okay. I think it's a better movie. I mean, I'm I'm excited about you know obviously what Black Panther means, and I'm on board for all of that. But I think I, you're right. It's not an Academy movie, and because of that, it looks a lot like a token nomination, and I hate that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would rather see Mission Impossible in there. Uh, great that Black Panther's there. Very cool. I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, but you know, 
if we Just looked it, at if we looked at our uh, if we looked at our lists from our top movies of last year, uh, that would suggest that Green Book is each of our favorites uh, from last year. Uh, do you mm-hmm. do you stand by that uh, as of yeah. a couple weeks ago? It's my favorite out of the black the the best. Uh, I almost said the Black Panther. Uh, out of the best, out of the best picture nominees, yes, for sure. Uh, Green Book is definitely my favorite. Do I think it'll win? I don't know. Uh, this is going to be a very, very interesting best picture race um, because I think there are feasibly four movies, uh, five movies, honestly, that could potentially take it. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the controversy, with all of the um, back and forth that's happened with all of the wins and non-wins from different, the different award ceremonies. And this is it. I mean, the, there's no more award ceremonies coming up. We've passed all of the writers, directors, uh, producers, all of the, the different um, guild awards. Uh, the Golden Globes are done. Um, all this stuff, critic choice is done. At this point, we're just left with the Oscars. And now it's going to be a, a what month race between, yep. uh, for these movies to kind of position themselves. And as we've seen in the last few years, um, the movie that's the favorite right now, not the movie called the favorite, but the favorite front runner right now is usually not the one that wins. So right now, from what I've seen, it's green book because they've won some awards recently. Stars born has fallen down because they've lost a bunch and green book has been the one that's kind of, from the beginning until now is kind of held at least in the top two or three. And it has a little bit of controversy, but not as much recently. So will it hold on? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I've heard, I've heard stuff from black Panther. I've heard stuff from Bohemian Rhapsody. I've heard stuff from of course, stars born Roma is one I've heard kind of come back into it. So, and then of course green book. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to be fun to watch uh, the last, these last month, this last month or so going into the Oscars couldn't have said it better myself and uh, we'll keep an eye on the race we're gonna we're hoping to bring you a lot of exciting stuff around Oscar time including the return of our Oscar picking game Uh, so in the coming weeks keep an eye out for the details there we of course want uh, all of our listeners to participate as well Uh, and I believe we're gonna have an entry from our favorite youtuber at Jared Buckendall as well so keep an eye on that Uh, we're gonna have to come up with a bet I think again um, between you and I, Seth, and maybe we can do some sort of prize for for a listener that submits too. We'll see, uh, but a lot of fun stuff coming around Oscar time. So keep an eye on it. These have been all of the nominations. Uh, let us know what we missed. Any snubs uh, that that you saw that we forgot to mention here? Uh, hit us up on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael at Seth Watt or at SoCo Show Pod. <laughs>